Roethlisberger pulls it back, throws, has Juju Smith-Schuster. What a start to the night. One play, bang, touchdown Steelers. And the Bears have it. It's a fumble and a takeaway. Eddie Jackson going the other way for the Chicago touchdown. Balls Don't Lie Podcast. Let's go. Welcome to Balls Don't Lie. I am your host, Anton, with my co-host, Steven. How does it feel to have a podcast, my guy? <laughs> it, feels, it feels pretty good. It feels pretty good. I'm not sure if I feel like I actually have a podcast yet, but hopefully we'll be able to do this enough and, uh, and it'll start to actually feel that way. But yeah, this is fun. I'm really excited. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I guess a little information. You're talking to a Steelers fan right now. And you're talking to a Bears fan right here. Absolutely. Heavy, Absolutely. very heavy into that. We have other teams that we, we rock with. Um, my man, he's a Chicago Cubs fan. Big Cubs fan. You're going to hear a lot of Cubs. You're going to hear a lot of uh, uh, Kentucky Wildcats, especially mm-hmm. basketball during basketball season. No doubt. Um, we'll really touch on all sports. I mean, I feel like it's uh, we're both pretty big sports fans. I know you're you're loving the Lakers right now. Of course, been loving the Lakers, but especially since LeBron's in town. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm definitely a Laker fan. The LeBron Lakers currently. L. A. Bron. The L. A. Bronze. Yeah, we like this right now. A little shaky, but we'll get into that later. So uh, we're going to focus mainly on our our teams, but we will break off into other segments of Sports Nation and whatever other things that excite us Absolutely. during the course of a week. I'm not sure how often we record at this point, maybe once, maybe twice a week, but we're going to stick to the one time for now. But uh, let's go ahead and get into it. Chicago Bears. Absolutely. Good week for the Bears. Had the, uh, the rival rival Lions coming into town. Yes, indeed. Um, so always, always a big game whenever you have division rival coming in. Heck yeah. Especially as, as shaky as the Bears have been the last, uh, you know, so many years, they haven't been able to beat a division opponent. So um, it was definitely nice to do that. And I think it was actually Trubisky's first win against a division opponent. Seriously? We didn't, we didn't beat a division opponent last year, and we'd only played the Packers this year. So, yeah, it would have been his first uh, first win against a division opponent. Okay. Um, so that came at a nice time. He looked good doing it th- this time, that's for sure. Yeah, he's definitely – I feel like definitely progressing – um, just in terms of, uh, I know uh, Coach Nagy was talking about how, you know, he was really, some of the things they're seeing from him now is that he's throwing the ball into tight spaces with more conviction as opposed to if the guy's not wide open, right. needing to, you know, you see him, he's actually running less. He's second in the league and rushing behind Cam Newton, but he's actually the last couple of weeks been running less, and I think that's actually a good sign. Yeah, that's always a good sign when you see maturation of your second year quarterback you know in the league i watched some of the game and he was putting balls on the money hit a receiver i don't remember what receiver it was up the seam it was beautiful in a tight space hit uh alan robinson uh on a deep ball i mean he looked good that day the defense obviously is ridiculously stout <laughs> so. yeah well and it was nice to just get Allen robinson back he had missed the previous couple of weeks uh he was out with khalil mack okay um just little nagging things but he was brought in to be that number one guy right and so when that guy goes out and you know you look at it too and you think about well how much time did trubisky and Allen robinson really have to uh build a rapport i know they talked about during the off season that they uh, had really felt good you know with the limited time that they had um, I think it was probably good for this team to have the uh, uh, Hall of Fame game because yeah. that gave us that extra week of extra, practice. Right. And we had so many new weapons with Taylor Gabriel. Um, they drafted Anthony Miller in the second round out of Memphis. Um, and then bringing Al Robinson in there. And actually Trey Burton, too. So basically all of his weapons were, were changing, right. except for the two running backs. Um, so having that extra time. But then to get Allen Robinson back after missing those weeks and to have him look like... He had never missed a beat. There was no issues with chemistry there, so I thought that was really good to see. Yeah, it was. I mean, I, <clears throat> the limited time I've watched them, they look pretty good. 
The one nitpick I have is the coaches not trusting Mitch sometimes. Mm-hmm. They start getting, uh, what you say, predictable, and they start trying to get cute and running reverses and all that. If you if you got two nice running backs back there, don't get cute. You know, give a little change of pace, bring Cohen in for the speed, hit outside, and then go inside with your big man Howard and run play action. You know, let Trubisky use his legs in design instead of just strictly – <laughs> you know, running for his life right. when he has to. Right. That's the only really nitpick I have with the offense. You know, accuracy with his throws is going to come with just more reps and more reps and more reps. Absolutely. That's it, you know. Uh, they're dangerous. This is one of those – I don't know if they're sneaky dangerous anymore, especially yeah. when, when you have yeah. a Khalil Mack on your team, you're not sneaking up on anybody. It's just right. every quarterback – in the league, fears playing the Bears when you see Khalil Mack on that on that other side of the line. So, yeah, they're not well, sneaky. And I think you touched on something really important there with the run game, because when I watch them, to me, it feels like uh, it's just too obvious. Like almost like they're just running because, well, maybe we have. And it's just like, well, we haven't run in a while. Maybe we should. Mm-hmm. It seems like they're just running the most obvious obvious times, and also. Um, with no purpose, it just kind of seems like it's just to fill up a play, just right. to just to you know keep the defense off balance a little bit, but never really with that purpose. Like we're gonna get Jordan Howard going, and we're not just gonna rely on the passing game. Which seems like, look, <laughs> if you could told me you know a couple years ago that we'd be having this conversation where I'm going, hey, we're passing too much because we're being too good <laughs> at it. Like I think I think I would have taken the trade, but <laughs> I know, but I know when it gets cold, and uh, we got to start having some some of those lake effect uh, freezing days in Soldier Field and some of the other, you know, going up to Lambeau. Well, actually, we already went to Lambeau. They got to come right, down here. Right. But uh, going up to Minnesota later in the year, um, you know, I, I just it'd be it'd be nice to be able to have the running game going because I think at some point they're gonna have to. Uh, they're going to have to rely on that a little bit more than what they are now. Right, right. And that starts with being able to throw on first downs, you know, and not <clears> – or not sticking to the, the formula, okay, run on first, and then if you don't get more than two yards, then pass, you know. Right, You right. can't be – that's that's the Detroit Lions for you right exactly, there. Exactly. That's what that is, you know. Exactly. So, I like what I see from them. I definitely like now. There's one glaring weakness that we should talk about. Captain hit the uprights four times. <laughs> yes, yes. So we wanted to we wanted to come up with some kind of award, and this is going to be a very unique first podcast because we have what is going to be called the Rex Cutler Award because it's a mixture between Rex Grossman and Jay Cutler, who could any any given day you could tell after their first interception that they're going to throw four more of them and, and they're going to end up with five picks, and you know they're going to have some games where it's going to go well, but. They're also going to have games where they're just going to throw you out of it. And usually I would have thought going into this when we talked about it, I was assuming, you know, a couple weeks ago there's Jameis Winston threw four picks. Right. I was assuming it was going to be a quarterback award. But when you have a day as special as Cody Parkey did, you get the Rex Cutler award because this man made two of six kicks. Two of six. Cody Parkey holds the rookie scoring record. Cody Parkey holds the rookie scoring record, which is a very good trivia question. If you ever ask anybody who holds the rookie scoring record in the NFL, they're going to say all kinds of people. Kickers are usually good guesses, but it's actually Cody Parkey. So now that he hold that record, he holds the record for most uprights hit in a game. <laughs> because this man hit the uprights four times. And both of them. One of them he hit three, and the right one, and the left one he hit once. Two extra points. Two field goals. I don't know how he had a job. I was texting uh, with you, Anton, and I was telling you. I know. I would, I would send this man to the locker room right now and just let him know, look. We're, and I thought that's kind of what they were signaling to him when they went for two late in the game. Like, okay, we're just putting the end to this. But <laughs> but Nagy said they're going to hold on to him, and they're just going to keep riding it out. It's like, well, how long do you survive You know that? that uh, I don't know if... Uh, He's got some uh, blackmail on Nagy or what, but it's, uh, I don't know, I don't know. Kickers usually don't get to make it through that kind of thing, but, uh, no, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a special day, special so day. He gets the special, is it the, the Rex, Rex Cutler? Cutler I'm going to call it the Rex Cutler, <laughs> <laughs> dedicated to whoever had the worst performance 
<laughs> and this one was groundbreaking because I've never seen anything like that. I don't think anybody else has. Oh, it was just man. actually comical. Oh, but. man. That's hilarious. I mean, <clears throat> there's another candidate for this award. We'll get back to that, though. We'll get back, back to that one because it's a hilarious, hilarious situation. But, uh, all right. Well, I guess we'll uh, shoot. You got any more that you want to talk about with them? Who we got going this week? Who are they playing this week? Oh, we got the, we got flexed into the Sunday night game. It's in Chicago against the Vikings Ooh. for essentially the winner. Bears would take more control of first place or because of how things break with Minnesota having that tie. Minnesota wins, they would actually jump Chicago. So essentially, we're playing a game uh, for first place um, on Sunday night, which will be really exciting. The only thing I'm down about them flexing that game into Sunday night is we played the early game in Detroit on Thursday for Thanksgiving. And they said that the time span between the two games, since we play Sunday night, and it's not even like playing, you know, uh, the normal Thursday Thursday game where it's a night game. We're playing Thursday at 1230. Well, that's the shortest turnaround, so I'm hoping that doesn't come back to bite them. But it's always nice to have those games on prime time. I think if you're a Bears fan, if you're on the Bears, I think you gladly trade having these prime time games because simply it means you're doing well you're doing and well. that you're going to be on TV, yes. and that's that's what you're shooting for. Playing a game of significance, significance. Well, everything's on the up and up so far in Chicago land. I'm a I'm a new I'm a new fan because that's my man's team, so I'm rooting for him. Absolutely. Uh, on to my um, my squad, uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, aka the Heartbreak Kids, because uh, you just never know what you're gonna get <clears throat> with them. But they showing up now. It, they're uh, they, they showing up. They're now. looking a lot better than I <laughs> than I thought it would go with all the drama starting at the beginning of the season and kind of the way they started with a tie yes. against Cleveland. I I, uh, I didn't feel too good about it. But, they, yeah, they look like they do pretty much every year. They're starting to round in the shape. They're starting to round in the shape. So let's go ahead and get the uh, the Le'Veon thing out the way because yeah. I, I don't want to talk about him after this one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think you're going to have to much longer. <laughs> no, it's a, it's a wrap for him. He's officially out for the season. He's not coming back to sign his uh, franchise tag. Good for him. You know, yeah. If he think if that's gonna work, we'll find out next year if it worked. We will find yeah, out. We'll find, we'll find out. out. I hate talking about money when it becomes the players, just because I don't really care. I just want to talk about actual football. But this, he could lose a lot of money. He already lost fourteen and a half. Is yep. that correct? Fourteen and yep, a half. Fourteen and a half. Eight hundred and fifty thousand per game. Yep. Uh. He's looking for that Todd Gurley money. He's looking for it. Do you think he'll get it? I I don't think, I don't think it's going to be out there for him simply because if you also look, I mean he's three years older than Todd Gurley, and I think that's yes. going to play into it. If yes. you're looking for guaranteed money, you're a little older. You have you the same. Th- I mean, all of his concerns were legitimate. I don't want it to right. seem like right. I see it right. from all of these all of these angles. I can see it if I'm a teammate. I can see it if I'm Le'Veon. I can see it if I'm the Steelers ownership. It makes perfect sense that everybody, and that's what makes it a really weird situation, is because it seems like everybody's right. Everybody is right. So, you know, but when you look at him going forward, is he going to be able to make up that fourteen and a half million? And then also with the success success of James Conner, does it <laughs> does that play into his value at all? Because you know we talk about system quarterbacks all the time. You know, right. Uh, right. But but what about system running backs? Even though, you know, you know, I heard some people talking the other day, and if you really get to thinking about it, Le'Veon's running style is incredibly unique. It's incredibly unique the way he, he's he's very patient. Right. You can afford to be patient with a good offensive line. If he ends up somewhere where the offensive line wasn't necessarily what Pittsburgh's putting out there. Right. Is he going to be able to run the same way? Does his value? I mean, there's just there's a lot that goes into it. It's a huge gamble. Um, I mean, I, I can't answer any of those questions. I spent a lot of time watching Le'Veon. He is very dynamic. He's a he's a I don't. The offensive line has to learn how to block for him. Being that you're patient, you have to hold your blocks longer to give him those opportunities to sit there and then, okay, 
find your your lane. Right. Um, he's also a high volume, <clears throat> high volume uh, running back. Yep. <clears throat> he gets a lot of dump offs, and they hand it off to him. You know, twenty five times a game. So he gets a lot of opportunities. He's also a fall forward running back. So he's not going to ever affect your play negative negatively, but he's not going to give you very many explosive plays. He's just going to keep you ahead of the chains at the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> finding the offensive line like Pittsburgh's, that's going to be his challenge. You know, uh, good luck with that one. <laughs> yeah. and, and having the weapons to offset. Yes. If you go to a team that doesn't have the Brown and you don't have Roethlisberger and you don't have these other weapons that they have to account for, if you know you get the Adrian Pearson, try running for what Adrian Pearson did when they were putting eight men in the box all the time, all the time. All the time. Right. And he is the same kind of guy as Adrian Peterson, aside from you know, you know, only in the sense that it's the it's the it's the big play. And you were even saying you know, Le'Veon, uh, He's not, not many player. huge big right. big plays. You know, 20, 20 plus yards uh, just doesn't doesn't bust many of those out. Not the breakaway speed. Right. Um, he gets hawked by linebackers quite often, yeah. but he'll run one over though. Yeah, he'll shake yeah. you up or run you over either yeah. way. Yep. I mean, I wish he wasn't leaving. He is my favorite player to actually watch because it just looks so so good every time he gets the ball, no matter how many yards he gets. But James Conner is putting up the same numbers, even better, with less touches. And less uh, money. And less money. <laughs> A lot less money. <laughs> that helps. One that game helps. check is James Conner's entire <laughs> yearly check. Yeah. So. Yeah. We'll take that. We have a lot of spots that we still need filled. Um, defensive back still comes to mind. Uh, Artie Burns should get the year, the year award for the Cutler. <laughs> I mean, literally, he's a walking pass interference. Laundry on the field. <laughs> All day. They sat him, and then, you know, Pittsburgh washed Panthers on Thursday. So they put him in in the, the end of the game for one play, and he got a P.I. <laughs> a long one, though, yeah. in the end zone. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Yeah. But <clears throat> on to better things. Le'Veon, I wish you the most respect, but it's over. So, okay. Yeah, and I'm just <laughs> excited to see where it goes. I mean, it's yes. – it's, it's, I'm, I'm always a fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hope he goes yeah. to Indy. That's where I want him to go. Yeah, stay out of Green Bay. Yes. Stay out of Green Bay. <laughs> yes. I don't want to see any of that. <laughs> no trouble with Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre my whole life. I don't need to see him going there with Aaron Rodgers and just ruining my whole Bears. So just stay out of here. Go to the Colts. That would be cool. I would love put to him see close that. To us. Yes. Um, it's fun to watch him play. And I, I'm always just excited to see where guys go and kind of see, you know, we don't you don't get too much of that in the NFL the way you do with like the NBA, right? Um, and even I guess Major League Baseball to maybe a lesser extent than the NBA, but still more so I think than uh, the NFL. There's just not many um, exciting guys that, that uh, change teams. I mean, you see most of these guys, Tom Brady's, your your Aaron Rodgers, all these guys. I mean, they just kind of you know running backs a little bit more so at the end of their career, but uh, you know the really good ones. Um, they tend to stay with their teams for a long time, you know, kind of right. like a Todd Gurley will with Los Angeles and, you know, Peterson with the Vikings and all these guys. So right. it'll be it'll be interesting to see where he goes and, and see see all this play out, see if he does make up that money, see if he does get his Todd Gurley contract, um, and just see how he does with his new team. So it'll right. be interesting. But that'll be for next year. Next year. Uh, he's decided he's not going to play this year. and uh, so Officially that'll, that'll, out. Yeah, that kind of closes the book on that. Hopefully the Steelers can kind of just – Wash your hands with it. It's got to be exhausting answering the same questions oh my all gosh. the time. I just hate Especially it. when you have no answer. I got to go to the to the Steelers webpage every day and see something about that. Mm-hmm. Even on ESPN, as I turn it on now, he's the first person you see on the NFL page. So Yeah, they just they just <clears> took <throat> the, the Panthers out back and spanked them in the ass. Right. And, and you're still <laughs> hearing still about Lady. I mean, that's got to get old for everybody <laughs> on the team. So Yeah, it is very old, so. On to the Steelers now. Sitting at 6-2-1, and one, 
That one still bothers me, though. I'm just not going to lie to you. It just... I, would you rather... Let me ask you. Would, would you rather have a loss than the no. one tie? No, because it's... <laughs> it's, a, it's a result, though. I feel like the tie is just this cliffhanger. Like, it is. Like, well, what, how long would it have taken them to actually resolve this issue? Like, just... Could they have gone? I mean, who, who knows? It... I just I hate the tie when we had when we had overtime against Miami in Miami I was thinking please just someone score I don't want to have a tie I don't like it it doesn't feel good maybe it's just the OCD thing but so you'd rather have the tie but yeah okay yeah so just the tie it's not a clean looking record it's ugly but it's better than a loss when you count count it as going towards playoff implications right. you know so at the end of the so, year the tie yeah. is kind of a secret little yeah. ace of spades that you're holding on it's to. in my back pocket yep. bang i got a, i got a tie i don't know how to feel about it you know <laughs> during that whole week i didn't <laughs> know how to feel about it but you know it'll serve me good hopefully in the end but six two and one coming off an astounding victory blowout of the carolina panthers and that defense is where it all started that pressure they put on cam that's the stuff I've been waiting for all year. Front seven pressure, <clears throat> covering up for that DB work that we that we sort of <laughs> lack in the backfield. Yeah. Though our DBs are not as horrible as people say they are. Joe Hayden is still playing at a pretty good level. My man Mike Hilton, if you don't know about him, uh, he usually slot the nickel corner. Best blitzing corner in the league. Best tackling corner in the league, in my opinion, because I watch him every freaking week. But uh, Cody Sensabaugh, he wouldn't start on anybody else's team except ours. But uh, <laughs> he's serviceable. Hey, but he's yours. Yes, he's mine. So I, I rep him. Um, and the offense is playing lights out. I mean, when you have that type of weaponry, uh, starting with the Big Ben, yeah. he's finally getting his uh, – his mojo kicking off. And then we have uh, A.B., the best wide receiver in the league, Juju Smith-Schuster, the most slept-on wide receiver in the league. And then you have the man, James Conner, putting up Le'Veon or better numbers. The offensive line is playing completely lights out. Ben Roethlisberger hasn't, have to do, hasn't done laundry in five weeks. <laughs> five weeks. He's been sacked four times in five weeks. That's it. He hit the dirt last game because he slid one time <laughs> and got somebody ejected because they tried to hit him on the slide. Like he's just playing. Everybody's playing clean football. I love it. The penalties. I think we lead the league in penalties this year. Gets on my nerves. But that last game, we only had one. See what happens when we uh, don't hurt ourselves and shoot ourselves in the foot. It's like we beat three di- division opponents lately. I think we're three and zero in the division. Three zero and three zero and one. Yep. Back pocket is still there, baby. Yeah. Back pocket. Uh, we beat Atlanta, Carolina. So yeah, that's our last five victories. High powered Atlanta and high powered Panthers. So the defense is looking good. That was our hang up in the beginning of the year. Our defense wasn't holding anybody. We would get out of rhythm on offense. We couldn't run the ball because we were playing from behind. Now we're putting up first quarter points, which was another issue that we were having. But it's all coming together. I don't know. This is typical Steelers football. We find a reason to be slow in the beginning, and then we reel off five, six, seven, eight, nine victories in a row. I don't know why it's like that, but I love those winning streaks. That's all I know. That's a good problem to have. The Bears are usually finishing their seasons on losing streaks, trying to go. We're usually trying to make decisions like, well, should we lose for a better draft pick? Or are we trying to right. save some face and actually trying to win some games? So, oh, you guys you guys slowly figure out how to go to the playoffs every year. That's yeah, good. That's good. That's definitely a good thing. Um, this week we have the Jags. It's kind of a struggling new. Struggling Jags. Yeah, the struggling Jags. But they're a new thorn in our side. They beat us twice last year. Uh, I don't know why. I, it was really defense that really sucked for us. Uh, I can't remember the first game, but I know Ben threw five interceptions in the first game they played last year. 
which he's good for one yeah. of those a season. It's just how yeah. it goes. Yeah. It's it's usually not the well, Jets. It's throw usually the, ball the Browns. As much as the, as the Steelers have been throwing the ball. Yeah. Um, it's you true. Know, you're asking for it. It just happens. But and then the second game, the defense couldn't stop Blake Bortles, of all people. <laughs> but we scored on the best defense in the league. You know, 45 points. I think we. I think the score was like 48 to 45 or 48, 42, something like that. So we put up the numbers. We couldn't stop anybody. Yep. And that was all after, you know, the Ryan Shazier thing. Yep. And before Ryan Shazier went down last year, they were a top six defense. After that, they were the worst defense. So that just shows you the importance of one great player. How, have, <clears throat> have you heard anything about him recently? Um, he's just walking. He's walking. He's walking. He's progressing. He's still aiming to come back. You know, nobody really believes he's going to come back. We're just all thankful that he's actually walking at this point. You know, he's still in the middle of the circle, you know, pregame, hyping up the defense, giving the, you know, the pregame speech or whatever, which is good to see. But anytime you're dealing with spinal cord, just to get walking and have some kind of normal, I mean, yeah. Relative, you know, relatively normal, normal life. Right. Maybe of a normal person, maybe not a normal life for someone who's an athlete of his, right. you know, ilk. But, uh, you know, that's always good. Yeah. Yeah, that's a definitely good thing. I think he had just got had a daughter at that time, too. So, to be able to walk and be able to play with your kid, you know, that's, that's number one on his list, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that defense, you know, it's progressed back to where it was pre Ryan Shazier injury. So that's what I like to see. I mean, the sky's the limit if they can play defense. They're averaging, I think, less. They're giving up less than 21 points a game the last five games. I think it's 19 points, if I'm not mistaken. So that's not stretch. That'll that'll do it, especially with your offense. Man, that's all you need. If you can keep teams below 21 points in a game, especially with the offense, like you said, it's no game we should lose ever. They right. just they should put up. They're averaging thirty points a game on offense, so well, everything's looking good. Yeah. Well, and on the defense, I got a couple guys I'm a little partial to for you guys. Obviously, Bud Dupree, uh, my Kentucky guy. All right. Uh, first round draft pick. Seems like he's been, you know, admittedly a little underwhelming, um, but it kind of seems I've I've been looking a little bit. It seems like he's getting he's back. starting to register some yeah. sacks more consistently as opposed to like you know every six game type of thing. Yes. Um, and then also, uh, Mr. Mr. Bombastic, John Bostic, the former Bear. <laughs> former Bear, yes. Former Bear. And, and honestly, when I saw him play for the Bears, I always wondered why he didn't play more. Okay. Um, he seemed like, and he, you know, he was down at uh, Florida, and I think I saw him play uh, against Kentucky when he was on Florida. Mm-hmm. And uh, real talented guy. It just, I don't know, it seemed like he struggled early in his career, maybe a little, some, like a little nagging. He's one of those guys that seemed like he had just a little nagging, Mm-hmm. Um, little hammies and stuff, whatever. Um, just keeping him from being on the field consistently, and then also playing behind some other other quality players. But right. um, he always showed promise, and it looks like you know last game ten total tackles, uh, you know half tackle for loss. So it looks like he's kind of flying around and, and you know yeah, doing Bostic, a good job himself. He's a he's a good in the, in the box, you know, stop the run, muddle up the you know the middle type of linebacker as far as what I've seen from him. He's not great at coverage, you know, dropping back in that zone. Kansas City torched him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they torched him over the middle. As soon as they made him turn his back, they were just throwing it over his head. Him and Vince Williams, to be exact, both of them. But <clears throat> he's been very serviceable. Um, I, I like the contribution he's given to us. Stopping the run, that's what we need the most because, you know, we can handle – throwing quarterbacks a lot just because we get pressure. Yeah. But when the run games start getting leaky, that's when everything else open up, in my opinion. So I, I like John Bostic. Bud Dupree, he's finally getting in the backfield. He was actually always pretty good at getting pressure, but he couldn't lock down a sack for nothing. Yeah. He just yeah. couldn't. He would get there or he would get pushed out by the tackle too far. He would get too far extended out. Kind of thing so, where he just kind of gets a hand on him as, yeah. he, as he runs by, but just really forces him up in the pocket. Yeah, so he's turning the corner a lot more and squeezing the pocket a lot more now. I'm liking him. It's nice when you have T.J. Watt on the other side, too. Yeah. Both of them squeezing on the quarterback. 
it's looking good. Cam Hayward, DN looking good. Steph Tuitt, the biggest person I've ever seen in real life. 6'5", 300 pounds, no gut. Like, it's a big dude getting pressure up the middle. So, I like everything I'm seeing. The the, uh, the safety, Terrell Edmonds, he needs a little work. Um, they're rotating him with Morgan Burnett, formerly of the Packers. Mm-hmm. He's coming off an injury, and he's not looking bad. Uh, Terrell uh, Edmonds, he's not great at coverage yet. He's got burned <laughs> A couple times, and I'm like, why is he in the game right now? Why is he here right now? But he's a good tackler, though, so I can't, I won't complain too much about that. I'm loving what I'm seeing. I see Super Bowl in our future, hopefully. If we can get over that hump, we, we got to get over Kansas City. That's the scariest team in the league to me, just because of Tyreek Hill, to be honest. A lot of speed. It's just speed, speed everywhere. He has so many weapons on that team. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm not really scared of Tom Brady and them right now. I'm not either. <clears throat> they just look They look very mortal. They haven't beat anybody, really. Yeah. They've lost to Detroit, the Titans. Yep. I forget who their other loss was to. But they just don't look like the Patriots. Yeah, and that's the, <laughs> that's the, the funniest thing about Bill Belichick. If you look at his coaching tree – it's really, and you look at those guys that come out and you look at their records, none of them, I don't think, maybe except for one, actually have a winning record, except they all seem to beat him. So you got yeah. Patricia with Detroit, <laughs> and then yes. with the Titans, and like McDaniels, when he was in Denver, they beat him. It's like, they all stunk, except when they played when they played New England. It's like, yep. well, what the hell? They, they got his playbook. <laughs> <laughs> they know what he liked to do. Yeah, I think, who was, it, who, uh, who was on the Titans that... That was on the Patriots last year. What was his name? James White? Uh, no, it was... Uh, what is it? Uh, uh, the running... Uh, the running... Deion... Deion Lewis. Deion Lewis. Lewis, yeah. He was like, all you have to do is punch him in the mouth and they get soft. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, damn. And, they, and, they, and he didn't yeah. do shit that game, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> right. Like, come on. Yeah, your team won. Dude, like, what are you... At this point, talking shit to, uh, to the Patriots, to me, just feels like... You're just punching up. You're just punching up. Yeah. You're just trying to make yourselves feel better. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's a business. I feel like the Patriots probably don't give a damn about what you say because they're just going to keep doing their thing and going to Super Bowls. If Patriots go to Super Bowl this year, it would be like the least surprising thing ever because it just right. they're always in position. So always. they just got to win a game. They're going <laughs> to they're gonna be in the AFC Championship game because they just seem like they always are. And I can't wait till that's over, honestly. Yeah. Just, I, I don't think... know when they're going to retire, but it can't come soon enough. It's coming coming to an end pretty soon. I think they won't have Gronk after this year. Apparently, they tried to get rid of Gronk last year. Yeah, and he said no. He said no. He said, I'm, he I'm, said, I'm yeah. opting in. And, uh, yeah. I'm, he's I'm, Tom Brady's guy, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but he's, and, and at this point, I don't – you can't really blame him. I mean, he's, he's obviously a tremendous talent, but I don't right. – if you're – the money that he's getting – with if you start looking back at a lot of these last couple of seasons, I mean he's not, he's just not on the field enough. He's he's missing games mm-hmm. every single year, multiple games, sometimes seasons, playoff games. He didn't play in that Super Bowl a couple of years ago. I mean he's, um, yeah, I've never seen anybody with as many injuries as that guy. It's just like yeah, you just <laughs> fall apart. I don't know what it is. It's just weird. It's weird. He's gonna have a rough life when he gets older. And he comes from one of those families. You mentioned Watt. He comes from one of those families where they all played. Professional sports, right? You got the Watts, and they're they're dominant defensive ends, right? And then you got uh, Joey Bosa out there with the Chargers and his yeah, brothers at Ohio State. They're projecting him to be a top five pick. Yep. You know, it's like and I think it's like fuck you guys. Me and my brother managed to work at the same land, uh, uh, landscaping company when we got older, and they're like all going and working for NFL clubs, making millions of dollars. Me and my brother played sports, and we're just out here digging holes and planting trees. That's what we accomplished. Like it makes you feel like shit. Brother, oh, brother combo. Man. It's like just too greedy, too greedy. Oh, Multiple oh, siblings man. in the uh, professional sports. It's them jeans, baby. <laughs> it's the jeans. They got them jeans, Absolutely. baby. <laughs> we ain't talking about Levi's. <laughs> they got them jeans over there. But uh, yeah, man. I guess that's it on my Steelers. Uh, they play the Jags this week, so we'll we'll, we'll buckle in and strap up and uh, get hyped for that one o'clock Sunday afternoon. Absolutely, absolutely. It'll be a good one. And you know, you're saying you're a new, you're kind of a newer Bears fan because yes. Of, and I, I, I've been. It's e- this is a little easier for me because I've been, 
I can't say a Steelers fan, but my grandfather was a huge Roberto Clemente fan, so he was a Pittsburgh Pirates fan. Right, right, right. And right. he also rooted for the Steelers as well. Okay. So growing up, I mean, I wasn't around my grandpa, actually, as much as I, I wish I was. He lived in uh, Columbus, Indiana, and I was growing up in Iowa. So we'd only okay. see them on, you know, holidays, and we'd try to do, like, a, you know, summer uh, summer vacation. But um, so he didn't – he wasn't around me enough to have an impact to the point where he could make me a Steelers or a Pirates fan. Right. Um, but knowing that he was a fan of those teams and he was just a great man, it makes it easy to root for the Steelers on top of the fact that – they're one of those franchises where you just look at them and you, you know, you, you can have nothing but respect for kind of the way they conduct their business. I wish that the Bears would be as level-headed and stable, if anything, as as the Steelers have been, um, especially with coaches and kind of seeing it through some of the tough times with coaches and then right. realizing if you can just keep your program stable, um, if you know you have your guy and you just keep your program stable, that you'll reap success instead of having to, you know, realize well we made the wrong choice um now we have to tear it down after three years and then that means we're going to bring in a guy and if that doesn't work it's three more years i i wish they would have kept lovey smith they actually fired him after a 10 and 6 season which to me is just ludicrous um (laughs) stupid (laughs) and you know he had some of those years kind of like tomlin's had where there was just a transition they overnight they just got really old right you know all of a sudden you're, you're peanut tillman um, your Lance Briggs, your Brian Urlacher, all these guys, they just got old at the same time. Right. Uh, kind of how it happened with the Steelers, you know, when you're losing Palomalu and some of those guys, all of a sudden yep. it just seemed like, damn, they're old. Right. The Ravens was the same. It was like, damn, Ed Reed is old as shit yeah. all of a sudden. And Ray Lewis <laughs> right. and Terrell Suggs, and it was just like, damn, they're all gone now. Yeah. But the one thing that stays the same with the Steelers is winning, and the thing that stayed the same with the Bears is uh, uh, turnover, 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 <laughs> yeah. and I, I'm excited now to have uh, Nagy and uh, see where this goes. I'm just glad that they're they're transitioning to something where it's exactly what I wanted them to do. Instead of going out and getting one of these retread uh, coaches who's been in the league, bounced around all over the place. I mean, if you're going to bring in a guy like John Fox, the Bears have done this with the Broncos twice. I don't know what their relationship is with the Broncos. Jake Cutler gets traded oh to the gosh. Bears for Kyle Orton, who <laughs> Jake Cutler was the first-round draft pick of the Broncos. They trade him after two seasons. That's a huge red flag. Yes. Huge red flag. Yes. John Fox gets lucky enough to be the coach of the Broncos when Peyton Manning decides to go there. Right. They go to the Super Bowl and lose, <laughs> right. and John Fox loses his job. Listen, <laughs> there's not many coaches that go to the Super Bowl and, and – in any result and lose their job, lose or win the Super Bowl, you make it to the Super Bowl, you're getting a contract extension. If they're willing to let John Fox not just go but fire him, that tells me red flags. So I don't know what their deal is with Denver, but they go out, they get a young coach, you bring him in, someone that can relate to the guys. I feel like he's, uh, you know, all the media says that he's – Really a pleasure to deal with, really personable, answers all their questions. He's a real nice guy. I just think it's exciting where they're at. I hope that they can find some success and then, you know, later down the road, you know, if they if they run into some tough times, they don't just jump ship and, and feel like they have to panic and all that stuff. So it's just right. give it some time to grow and breathe. And when you see that they're doing that, um, you know, you're starting to see some of the results. You, you bring in a guy who brings in an offense and you get it for your young quarterback. And – Get him some weapons and boom. Now, boom. now you're now you're six and three and you're looking to make the playoffs and you're one under Nagy. So it's just it's an exciting time. Right. I mean, it's important for these teams to be successful, anyways. The Bears, the Steelers, Cowboys. These are like the pillars of the NFL. When they don't play, look good. The league doesn't look good. Right. You know. So stability starts from the top, regardless. Pittsburgh. It's amazing how few of coaches they've had. Yeah. You know, that's the most amazing thing that I've ever seen. Uh, yeah. Tomlin's like been there how long? coaches or something? In the last 40 years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's crazy. And all of I don't think any of them have been fired, I don't believe. I think they've stepped down. I don't, Coward yeah, I think wasn't Coward fired. retired, right? Yeah, I think he retired. I he went to the booth. Um, I don't remember the, the previous coaches. I mean, I don't know, but they don't get fired, really. They just move on. Yeah. The, the stability is the key at the end of the day. We all find that out. Look at the Browns. Right. 
Come on, man. Right. <laughs> and, and when you look at it, and the thing that I always said about the Bears was the one common denominator is ownership. Because mm. you can't tell me that every general manager you've ever hired and every quarterback you've ever had when you're the Bears or the Browns for that matter – and, and every coach, you can't tell me they all suck. No, there's no they way. They couldn't have all sucked. It's something with your process and how you are selecting these people. You're looking at the wrong things. Um, and again, when you when you find guys that have some success, you know, like a Lovey Smith, and then you, you, you hit the panic button when, when you, you know, I don't know people how you hit the panic that button after season. a 10 and 6 season, but. but <laughs> <laughs> they're scared uh, of that that rebuild. They're yeah. scared of yeah. a losing season when you have success. If you can see it coming, you know, like you said, players do get old. Just because you're a great player don't mean you can play as long as Tom Brady, especially right. when you're one of those hitters. Erlacher was a hitter. Yeah. He met Jerome Bettis in the hole many a times. <laughs> you know, people like that. You can't play forever, so you have to change, you know, have a change of guard. And it's a it's a slow process. It's a rough process a lot of times, but you got to fight through it and understand it. Yep. Don't feed your, your your fan base a bunch of bull crap. Okay. You know, and we're doing this, you know, it, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. So, well, and that stability, that stability leads to leads to success. Success breeds success. If you bring in, you know, they always talk about, well, which one of these quarterbacks, you know, every year in the draft, there's all these quarterbacks. Well, which one of them is going to be the best? And I'll tell you, before the draft, I don't know. Nope. But once the draft happens, I can tell you. Yeah. Because yeah. where do you go? Yeah. If you're Josh Allen and you go to Buffalo, look, you don't have as good a shot of being successful in your career as somebody who gets drafted like a Mahomes and gets the groom under a year and you have a Hall of Fame coach and Andy Reid and a lot of stability right. and a professional organization. Mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger is not Ben Roethlisberger if he was drafted by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right. It doesn't happen. Not to say that Blake Bortles would have been Ben Roethlisberger if he were in his place, but this, the matter of circumstances is something that determines these guys' careers. So if you can, if you can be a successful organization, you're only making it so that even if you miss on a draft pick, he at least has a better chance to be a little better than maybe what he would have been. Like a Trubisky might be a guy where, kind of like an Alex Smith. I mean, you, you look at a guy like that and you say, well, Damn, he for a number one overall pick, he kind of, I guess, is underachieved in his career. But then you start looking at his numbers, really, numbers and that's nice. not the case. <laughs> it's it's nice. not the case. And he's a winner. He's <laughs> won a lot of games, and he's been in some places where there's been, you know, at least at least in his time in Kansas City, I feel like some nice stability. Um, and even he was out there with Harbaugh in, in San Francisco, and they had a good oh, program yeah. going for a while too. I'll but, take Alex Smith mm-hmm. over half the league right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> right Absolutely. now. <laughs> yeah, but maybe not if I'm Buffalo. I mean, you just right. you it, it just changes everything about the you know, the trajectory of your of your organization, what you could possibly be capable of. Um, and that's just from years. You could have you know, you're talking about that, that just goes in so many layers. It's so many layers. Where you could have trouble having a guy have success because of you know trouble that you've been having with stability for 10 years right i mean it, it just all you catch them in the wrong time you're in the third year of a coach and then you know it just it it can all snowball on you so that's that's the key getting getting stability and yeah it'd be nice to see the bears do that better and more like the steelers right i hope they do I like seeing you happy, my brother. Yeah, it's been really exciting. It's been really exciting. I like seeing you happy, brother. You yeah. know, you done uh, went through the Cubs and messed around and got a uh, World Series under your belt. <laughs> I wish yeah. I was there to just videotape your face for the next, you know, two yeah. weeks. Yeah, and that was such bullshit the way that it happened. And, you know, the whole rain delay thing, it was like, well, this is bullshit. There's no way that we can lose this after all of this. You come back from down 3-1, everything, it was wonderful. Now, honestly, the last couple of years with the Cubs have been pretty disappointing. Uh, I guess it's in a- terms of what they had the potential to be. If yeah. you ask me, again, you go back to when I'm a kid, if you say, well, you're winning division or you're in the playoffs every single year, uh, you won a championship, you know, so you're complaining about it feels really spoiled. But right. the potential of a team, I just don't want to see the window close and – Maybe it, look if they can get two World Series with this core group of guys: your Baez, your Bryant, your Rizzo, 
uh, Contreras, and then when they've had some of these pitchers here like Lester and Hendricks and all these guys, if you can get two World Series out of that core group and then Madden, then, uh, you know, I'll take it. I mean, yeah. I'll take the one, but of course, saying, you, you don't <laughs> want to see that window close because then starts the whole other rebuild. Now you got to start replenishing the farm system. And uh, it just turns into a whole thing. You do the process all over again. So, oh, of course. You know. Yeah, it's easy to get spoiled once you get a championship. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of championships in my day. It's kind of <laughs> weird. You know, Pittsburgh yeah. and then being a Lakers fan, I've seen, uh-huh. I've seen all those championships, and you get spoiled. You know, the Lakers obviously have gone through a little lull since Kobe left, but. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, no, they were in that wall when he was still there. That's yeah, right. oh yeah. He's the reason why they're in the yeah, wall, to be he, honest. he wasn't taking that price cut. Right. You nope. Know? <laughs> nope. But, yeah, I've been very spoiled in my lifetime. I can't complain about anything that I've went through as far as sports-related issues. I've seen a lot of championships. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the only thing I've been spoiled on really with sports is Kentucky basketball. I mean, we're always pretty much yeah. in the conversation, especially since Cal Perry's been there. And, and mm-hmm. it was before, but, you know, we had, you know, Tubby Smith uh, there for 10 years. And, mm-hmm. you know, he won a championship in his first season with Rick Patino's players who had also won a championship. And then it kind of teetered out. We had one other coach, and now we're back with Cal. And since he's been there, this is his 10th season. We've been pretty spoiled, too, yeah. putting guys in the NBA. We're always in the NCAA tournament looking to have a, a, a shot to make a run. and um, Yeah, so it, it, it feels spoiled. I've seen, what, I, I guess three championships okay. in, in my lifetime with uh, Kentucky, Kentucky basketball, which when you look at championships compared with other programs, we're pretty yeah. lucky. Pretty, pretty lucky. Pretty lucky. So. I guess just for the record, I'm not a bandwagon uh Laker fan. <laughs> I, I've been a Laker fan since I can remember. I'm an 80s baby, so I did witness Showtime and all that. So don't think I'm a, a new generation <laughs> Kobe or I'm, I'm on the bandwagon because LeBron is there. No, son. I know Magic, James Worthy, Byron Scott, and all them. I'm old enough to see these players' kids in the league. You feel me? (laughs) Which is the weirdest feeling ever. It is weird. It's a very weird weird feeling seeing these kids, seeing players have kids in the league and watching them. I remember when his dad played. Yeah, you know, that's that's a weird, weird situation. So, all right. Well, I guess we're done with football. Is there anything around just sports in general you want to talk about before we get out of here? We're running a little. We got what? We're 45 minutes in. Yeah. yeah we're, we're, uh, we were worried we weren't going to fill it up, but. Uh, yeah. not, got, not an issue today. Not an not issue. Not an issue today. Uh, uh, one thing I want to say, even though this is totally embarrassing for uh, my Kentucky basketball, when we played Duke the other night in Indianapolis <laughs> and uh, they, they spanked our asses and made us walk home, was Zion Williamson is. I mean, I, I guess on, I don't know how to do that. Hold off. For the record, we do have a third member of the crew. It's, uh, it's a rabbit. My rabbit, Olaf. <laughs> He's back here going to town, chewing on stuff. There's a rabbit in here, and we are not in a barn. <laughs> yes, indeed. We're not in a barn. It's just a rabbit. And he's chewing on stuff like my like my dog. Jeez, he's on he's stuff going he to town. If we were shooting video, he would get all the clicks, though. I'm telling you that right now. You would get all the clicks. We would go viral right now. Yeah, and you gotta have the over <laughs> under, you know, set it like at like six hours, maybe longer, for how long it would take to shoot through what he's trying to shoot through. I mean, oh, it would take through. it would take some serious persistence. I don't know. That's his thing. He this loves that. He'll chew on this gate right here. He chews on all type of things. So, my bad though. He's a chew toy. <laughs> He has plenty of toys. He's a jerk. He's a jerk. That's what he is. What's what's his name? Olaf. Olaf. If you ever seen the movie Frozen, if you have kids or a daughter for sure, you've seen Frozen. That is the the snowman. And it is a very white rabbit. Yes, it is the most stereotypical rabbit of all time. It's like a little snowball. Um, But yeah, Zion Williamson, uh, not a snowball. <laughs> no. Is chiseled. Mount Zion. Two hundred and eighty-five pounds. Uh six seven. I look, I don't know if he's six seven. When I watch him play, he looks like he's six five. Um I, I've never measured him. I know they tend to stretch those things a little bit, but 
you know, when you're when you're looking at a, we'll just say 6'7", 285 like they list him, that would make him the second heaviest player uh, in the NBA right now. And all I can say is what I want to see is Zion Williamson and DeMarcus Cousins banging in the low post <laughs> because DeMarcus Cousins gives you that whole fucking I'm Southern Alabama strong. He's like, right. looked like he'd been throwing hay bales. He's not chiseled, but he's beefy. And I just like to see those two go at it because when you look at a guy like Zion, the, th- the issue in the game was like, even if our guy had good positioning blocking out for a rebound, you'd look at it and you just see Zion's hand, you know, like an extra elbow forearm length above the other guy's hand. Like he just gets up. They said 45 inch vertical, which someone that big, it just doesn't make sense. I've never seen anything like it. I've just never seen an athlete like that. Um, I feel like, you know, if he played football, he'd be Lawrence Taylor. You know, like how how are you going to stop that guy going around the end? He might be the most dominant defensive end in the history of football, but he plays basketball and then we get to see him. You know, this is what, this is what LeBron would have done if, if he had to go to college when, when he was come, able to come out of high school. You, this is what happens. There are certain freaks every – it's not every year. It's not every year. Exactly. I mean, maybe DeAndre Ayton last year at Arizona, kind of one of those guys where, you know, kind of has the Greg Oden effect where he kind of looks like he's 45 when he's 20. Right. Uh, you know, <laughs> but, you know, some guys like that. But it's not every year where you have these guys. But Duke has two of them. Zion's so freakish that people don't even talk as much about R.J. Barrett, which is weird because he's projected to be the number one draft pick. So he's actually the best player on Duke's team. And when you watch him, it's pretty easy to see how that's the case. Uh, Olaf is is excited about Zion as well because it's just weird. It's just weird to see a guy that big be able to be able to move around like that. Yeah, that's a big dude right there. I haven't watched a lot of college ball. I did watch those highlights with him. Uh, tearing apart <laughs> Kentucky and yeah. he's uh he's he's one of the most freakish people I've ever seen in my life. I would like to see what his where these genes came from. Was his was his dad like a baller like that or was his, was his mom have a sky hook? I don't know what's going on. I would just like to see where it yeah. came from. He's two what do you say, six eight, two what two eighty five with a forty five inch vertical. Yep. That's just not fair in general. Is his jump shot wet? Oh, he eh, I mean, it, oh, look, he it, doesn't it's need gonna, it. It's going to have to be something he's able to do consistently. It, I'm not sure. I haven't seen enough of him. In the Kentucky game, him along with everybody else, including guys coming off the bench late in the game, they all were making shots. So I don't know if it was – you know, coming, in, coming into college, I feel like the scouting report was a really good ball handler, and you see that because he'll get yeah. out and lead the break. He's, right. he's dropping dimes in between defenders on the break. Um, really good vision, really good touch. I feel like uh, that 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 typical uh, when you're looking for that alpha male type personality, mm-hmm. and that's what I think sets him and RJ Barrett apart. Is they both just look like stone cold killers when they're on the court, and I think that's going to be a big difference for Duke going forward. Now, look, I think they'll have games this year where you know they're going to shoot cold. They're right. going to shoot cold. Hell, even against Army. Uh, they won by like 22 or something like that. Um, and that's Mike Krzyzewski's alma mater, so he wasn't going to run up the score. But they kept it close for about 30 minutes of the game. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they're they're going to be able to blow by some people, but there are going to be some teams that will play defense, unlike Kentucky that night, um, and maybe have some length and kind of bother them. They'll have some shooting nights. They'll drop a couple games, but they sure are fun to watch. And it pains me to say that because I hate Duke more than I hate Louisville, and I hate Louisville, but Duke uh, – yeah, it, it, they're a fun team to watch. It's it's actually exciting. It's funny because Duke really was my team when I was young. Yeah. Back in the, the everybody hates Christian Leitner days, uh, <laughs> Grant Hill yeah. and them. Yeah, that was my squad. But, yeah, I just don't watch college ball like that. I really don't have time to watch too many games and be that invested. That's why I like football the most because I can yeah. sit down one time a week and still be heavily invested, you know. I watch, starting to watch, obviously, the Lakers now a little more just because, you know, we got LeBron. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. easy to watch, yeah. even, though, e- even though they're not living up to the bill. But what they're doing now is to be expected with any LeBron team in the beginning. So yeah, I don't want to get too heavy time. into them. We are running very long right now. Yep. 
we'll, we'll save the Lakers for another another episode. Absolutely, absolutely. I do want to close out the show mm-hmm. with just a little question. I look, uh, I did the twenty three and me. Yeah, the twenty three and me, <laughs> and, the, and one of the main reasons why was because my dad is adopted, and he has not figured out because he doesn't want to, and understandably, um, any of his biological history um, from his family, um, whatever. Anyways, funny thing, he grew up, he was telling us we were Finnish. I think kind of what he does is, is uh, you know, I think it's whatever. It's, it's just, when we did it, we thought it'd be interesting to see if Finnish actually came up on there. Um, and... It did, actually. Um, but the more interesting thing is on that site, and this is actually pretty mind-blowing to me, and it kind of tells you where technology and science has, has gone, where I can send my uh, swab of my cheek or whatever, spit or whatever, and then send it in. And they can connect me to people who have DNA that's so similar to mine that they can predict if they're my first cousin, second cousin, third cousin, by how much percentage of my DNA... Uh, do I share with them? Um, it's pretty crazy. But anyways, there's a person on there. Okay, I, I have yet to talk to my dad about this, and he will be listening to this podcast. I'm hoping to talk to him before he listens to it. Right. I actually <laughs> tried to call him tonight. Okay. Uh, he's busy, but um, anyways, uh, hopefully I'll talk to him about it before he hears this. But there's someone on there that says they're my first cousin. They haven't contacted me, but it, it, it gives me my family tree. It says first cousin, and it's a female. Well, the only first cousins that I know of would be on my mom's side, and they're all, there's only two of them. Um, They're both men. So, now I have this thing where, so basically, one of her, either mom or dad, would be the biological sibling of my dad. Mm -hmm. Which would put us in in the first... Uh, step, I guess, if you, if he had, if he wanted to, of uh, finding out who, you know, his biological, you know, some some information about his biological family, and then I started thinking, well, what if his, what if his, uh, all of his siblings were adopted, and maybe they don't know, because it's like, well, do you want to? That could be a potential avenue to kind of find out about, um, you know, his parents a little, you know, whatever. But if they were adopted, they may not know either. They might not know that they have siblings. They may not. So yeah. I, I feel like I want to ask him his permission to reach out to this person. Do you think that's the right thing to do? Yes, <clears throat> I would. You know, I, I don't know why he doesn't want to know. So it's gonna, yeah. that's the real, I guess the real question why he doesn't want to know. But yeah, uh, I shouldn't, well. I think it's part of, yeah. it's, it's, it might be some of the, I think, you know, the, the, the parents, um, that he had that adopted him, my grandparents. Um, you know, they, it just he said those are those are my parents, and I don't need to find the people that gave me up, and because I have my parents, and right. you know, so for that, I I actually I think I'd probably feel the same way. I think if someone gave me up, I guess the only reason I'd want to find out is maybe to find out health history. Um, yeah. I guess I mean I feel like that'd be the biggest thing. Right. But um, and that's kind of what we were thinking too. But it's it's uh, it's really weird. I didn't expect to to come across someone that was gonna maybe. I guess I going into the DNA thing. I just thought it'd be fun to see where I was mostly from. But I didn't realize that maybe I'd be in contact or possibly in contact if he's okay with it um, to talking to people that are very closely related to me, which is right. a pretty crazy thing. I don't know, man. It's a it's a crazy situation. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know how I would handle that. I mean, I personally would want to know, you know, myself, you know, in your shoes. Yeah. If you, as far as relatives that you didn't know, I would like to know. The tricky part is obviously him not wanting to know. Right. Like, well, and I feel like on his back and yeah. When I feel like if I don't, if I don't set it, I'm not trying to set him up with it. You know, it's like, well, if he if he wants to get to know him, which. I don't. It's. It doesn't mean anything to me. I don't. I don't know the people. It's not really that big a deal. I just think it's kind of interesting. I feel like it'd be interesting to at least talk to this person, right. and just kind of get an idea. Oh, so your parents were adopted too, or they weren't, or just you know, kind of what. I don't know. It's just. It's. There's a lot of family history there that when you, when you don't know the family history, 
um, I guess could be interesting. But then, you know, I guess you just look at your family's your family, your friends. If you have friend, if people are lucky enough to have friends that are their family, um, right. I guess blood only goes so far. And I think that's kind of how he looks at it, where the blood doesn't make them the family. It's just, you know, it's I had my family and, and that's that. But I just think it's it's mind blowing where where we've gotten to this point of sending my spit in the mail and then all of a sudden I could be in contact with with some person who also spent their sent their spit in the mail and then we we our spits matched enough that they said right. that we're we're, we're first cousins right. and I just think that's mind blowing. I think it's mind blowing. Yeah, I can't wait to try it. I wanna do it. I yeah. really do. I just wanna see, you know, what I'm made of at the end of the day, where I came from. Yeah. Obviously I'm black. Yeah. So I came from Africa, but what what did I get along the way? Yeah. You know, well, and in a in a surprise twist. Yes. In a surprise twist, it it turns out that uh, <laughs> I will just say I have African heritage as well, <laughs> and I think it's pretty cool because it's a country that I've never heard of. Right. Um, I'm gonna try to find it right here. I actually have to look it up because that's how much I haven't heard. Of. I I don't. It, it shocked me. It's shocking. I mean, my man listens to the roots. <laughs> he got some brother in him. You already know that. <laughs> but yeah, I would love to know. I know. I'm pretty sure I have some sort of white in me somewhere down the line. Uh, Native American, more than likely. So I, I'm sure. I would love to know, though. So I think I'm going to do that for Christmas. Yeah. I think I'm going to just... It's a know. good thing to do. Me, yeah. me and my wife, we DNA tested our dogs to see what breeds they were. And then we got right. to think, well, why wouldn't we DNA test ourselves? ourselves? I guess I don't know how comfortable I am with my DNA just being out there in some, some laboratory where they're cross-referencing it with other people's DNAs. But um, it does it does kind of make sense. It's very interesting because everybody, you know, you hear, well, yeah, your, your parents or your grandparents or whatever. And it's just, it's cool to actually kind of pinpoint it and figure it out with whatever accuracy they're able to have is yeah is, uh, is pretty it cool. is kind of weird that they're all collecting all this dna of everybody though it makes you wonder yeah does it make you wonder yeah are they like is it like a secret cover-up thing where where they're uh definitely could know? be <laughs> i don't yeah. know what for who knows right but it definitely could be it'd be the most elaborate hoax of all time whatever's <laughs> yeah. going on yeah. 23 is actually a new government branch <laughs> they, they duplicating us in another in another world right now yeah they found what's going on on mars they putting this all up there and we don't even know it <laughs> yes yeah exactly but we're yeah. already on mars all right who knows but i guess we'll close out with that yeah absolutely we'll I'll keep i'll keep you guys in touch Obviously, I'll talk to my dad. I hope he's not upset because when he hears this, I guess I'm going to have to tell him that I talked about this. Huh? Yeah, you probably should. Yeah, probably <clears throat> you should. probably should. I probably should. I would talk I to him. I think he'll but, be all right. I think yeah, no. It, it's harmless, though, for the most part. Well, and so far, yeah. yeah we're working on listeners. So <laughs> most of the people that are going to be listening, at least in this first episode, uh, Just are, uh, are people he knows. Yeah, he, he's going to know them. So it's, it's not a big deal. If you're listening to this right now, you are our first listener. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you. Come thank back. You we'll so keep much. giving it to you. <laughs> leave a comment below. Please. Please do. Uh, leave questions because we want topics from you guys to. Yeah. So. If there's things you guys want us to discuss, let us know. Um, and we'll do the best we can. And if it's stuff we don't know about, and we talked about this. Um, there's going to be big sporting events coming around like we talked about in the World Cup and some of these things with soccer. Not a big soccer fan, nope. um, but do have a definite appreciation for it. But all yeah. these things, when they come in season, we'll know enough about them. We follow sports enough to, to give you guys something on it. And also, all of our major sports that we talk about, they pretty much have yearly coverage at this point. It's kind of its own its yeah. own business. So. It's 360. 365. Exactly. exactly. So, so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just sign it's off then, I guess. It's been fun. This yeah. is this is great. Yeah. <laughs> this is great. And we we went up all that time. We went a whole hour. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. All right. Well, I'm Anton and this I'm Steven. Yes. Balls don't lie. Signing off. <laughs> all right.